Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Talking Murder with My Mother podcast. I'm your host, Sonia. Hello, Mother. Hello. My mother, Maggie, co-host. And today, boys and girls, I have, ladies and gentlemen, whatever, uh, I have the case of Benjamin Gilbert. I thought you were going to say Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only wish or I Or Gilbert Grape. I only wish I knew a real fucking Benjamin Button. So Or a Gilbert Grape. Or a Gil- you know what? That would actually be pretty interesting as well. Um, Benjamin Gilbert, 1908. Oh God, we're 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 going. I'm back regressing. You're regressing. Oh my God. 1908. Last week was 1915. This time it's 1908. This one is quite interesting. He's a real fucking asshole. Oh, as opposed to all the others who weren't so much assholes. I, I no, every all of them are assholes, really. Mm-hmm. But well, not all of them. Not all of them. Um, but as we will come to find out in future episodes. But uh, this guy's a real piece of shit. So it's not that he's a serial killer or anything. It's just his crime is, uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, you'll get to it. I'll get to it in a second. Um, but, um, his attitude just fucking sucks. That's why he's such a fucking asshole. So we'll find out about this right now, mom. Get ready. Here we go. So July 24th, 1908, the headline reads, Girl will die. She was shot by her lover by her lover while while promenading with rival. Her father wanted to kill the young man. So, July 24th, finding his sweetheart Amanda Morse promenading on the Campus Stella Bridge with his rival Benjamin Gilbert opened fire with a pistol on her last night about 10 o'clock, two bullets taking effect in the young woman's back. William Mitchell, who was with the young lady, was unarmed but kept Gilbert in sight and caused his arrest. Miss Morse was only a, has only a slight chance to recover. The police arrested C.W. Morse, father of the young lady who wanted to kill young Gilbert while he is under arrest. Shot by rejected lover. Same article. Miss Amanda Morse, a pretty 19-year-old girl who lives with her father, Thomas O. Morse, at 620 Jameson Street. A mob of 500 persons have threatened to lynch Gilbert. Policeman Powers, who had the prisoner in charge, drew his pistol to keep the mob in check. Miss Miss Morse was with a party of young men and women out walking. Gilbert was seen to follow them. When the party stopped on the bridge, he called Miss Morse to come to him. The young woman walked almost to him and then turned as if to return to her companions. Gilbert then drew a pistol, fired twice, one ball taking effect in the victim's back and one in her side. And they were living where? Virginia. On Virginia. 1908, Virginia. In Norfolk. Yeah. Uh, the, the three young men in the group grabbed Gilbert, who threw his pistol in the river. Officer Powers arrested him shortly afterward. In the mob that soon collected was the father of Miss Morse, who made a desperate effort to get at Gilbert. Gilbert took his arrest coolly, asking for a cigarette while waiting for the patrol. He said he shot the girl because she refused to marry him. Miss Morse's chances for recovery are slight. She was still on the operating table at St. Vincent's Hospital at midnight. Her companions were Mrs. Lillian Carroll, Annie McCowan, W.C. Uh, I'm sorry, W.G. Mitchell, J.C. Liesnitzer, and Thomas Fentress. So, two girls, three guys. So there were three girls and three guys in the group walking along a bridge, and Jackass comes along and just shoots her because she told them no, no, 
No. Not having you. I don't like it. No. No es bueno. And no, we'll, no es bueno. No me gusta. Yeah, and we'll come to find out why, why she, she, didn't why like she doesn't want him. <laughs> yeah. So I find a little blurb. This is the next day, July 25th, and I find a little blurb in the paper. And, you know, it goes on to talk about what they talked about. But then it says, Thomas O. Morse, the dead girl's father, was out looking for Gilbert last night. So the night that he shot her, the father was out looking for him because before the murder was committed, he had heard that Gilbert had threatened his daughter's life. So there was already a precedent for all of this. Yep. He already was telling people what he was going to do. Yep. Mm. So her dad is already out looking for her. I mean, looking for him. And meanwhile, this piece of shit's already found her. So same the next day again, July 25th, the headline reads, Jealous lover kills. Miss Moore shot down in Norfolk by B.F. Gilbert. She had refused to see him. Okay, this thing is really dark, this newspaper article, so bear with me. Miss Amanda Morse was shot down on Compostela Bridge last night by Benjamin F. Gilbert, who had been discarded by her. I love that. Had been discarded by her. It's like a piece of garbage. Yeah, because that's what he is, a fucking piece of human garbage. She died this afternoon at St. Vincent's Hospital. She had been shot twice. One of the bullets pierced the kidneys, and the other passed through her back and lodged in the abdomen. Gilbert was arraigned in the police court today, but his case was continued until Tuesday. He appeared indifferent to his situation. After the case had been continued, Gilbert asked his father to get him some cigarettes, and he appeared contented when they were given to him. Isn't that fucking nice for you? Yeah, well. So she's dead, and you're happy with a couple smokes. Attorney Daniel Coleman will conduct Gilbert's legal fight for life. Insanity will be his plea. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both Gilbert and his victim have influential family connections. And the fight for the life of the young man will be a hard one. The tragedy is one of a series which has shocked Norfolk. Gilbert is 20 years old and his victim is 19. She is the daughter of Mr. Thomas O. Morse, 620 Jameson Avenue. She was of a quiet disposition and as a rule did not care for young, young men's society, though she had many admirers. About a year ago, Gilbert began calling upon her and for several months it seemed as if Miss Morse returned the man's open avowals of affection. So, at one point... She said, oh, okay, and then no. No. Because then reports began to come to the ears of the family of Gilbert's record. And finally, the young man was forbidden to come to the house. He persisted, but Miss Morse also had heard of previous escapades of the boy. And gradually, she, well, they wrote this wrong, but it's she drew away from him until about a month ago when she ceased having anything to do with him. So it's been a month. Since and he had a record of some sort. The record, when they say a record, they mean an amorous record. Oh. Because it says, finally, the young man was forbidden to come to the house. Uh, he persisted, but Miss Morse had also heard of previous escapades. So she knew he was probably a Lothario. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. A chicolo. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert brooded, and it is said made threats against the girl who refused to see him. These rumored threats came to the family, and Gilbert was again told to stay away. So, nobody likes you, fuckface. You can't take no for an answer. Nope. Can't take no for an answer. And it's a, what is it? If I can't have you? Nobody will. There you go. Clearly. Mm Mm-hmm. The stroll that ended in death, same article, last, uh, 
last pieces of it. Uh, after vainly trying to see the girl, Gilbert resolved to force her to talk to him and chose last night as the meeting time. Half an hour before the shooting, Miss Morse, along with Miss Lily Carroll, Annie McCowan, W.G. Mitchell, J.C. Letznitter, and Thomas Fentress, started out for a walk. They were strolling in couples, Miss Morse, Miss Morse with W.G. Mitchell bringing up the rear. As they went toward the bridge, Gilbert followed them. When the party halted, leaning over the rail near the toll house, Gilbert approached to within a few paces and listened to hear what was said. What a sneaky little fuck! Mm. Following him around like a little rat. Mitchell, who was with Miss Morse, recognized him and told the others who he was. No one took his presence seriously, and the girls laughed and made some remarks to Miss Morse about young Gilbert's persistence. Suddenly, Gilbert straightened up and, walking towards the party, called Miss Morse. At first, she did not notice him, but when he called again, she turned half toward him and asked what he wanted. I just want to speak to you a minute, said Gilbert. The young woman walked toward him, but after nearly reaching his side, she half turned as if to go back. Gilbert reached in his pocket. There were two quick shots, and the girl staggered for a moment and then fell almost at Gilbert's feet, moaning and crying to her friends to help her. Are you fucking kidding me? He's just, he's a gem. He's I, a gem. I can't fucking imagine, like, yeah, wa walking well, down the street it, with my friends and some ex-boyfriend, like, just... But it happens, but it happens even to this day. No, That's I know, not but... anything new. This is, like, 1908. Like, you're yeah. strolling down the lane and... Yeah, but they... Yeah, he was, uh... Uh, yeah, he. I mean, he's gonna plead insanity, and I mean, I don't think he was. Oh my insane. God! Wait till wait till you hear what he's basing that off of. Oh my oh, God! I can't. I, I can't wait to get to that. It's so amazing. I nearly. I nearly pissed it, myself <laughs> when I heard. Are you. I can't even wait. Wait till you guys hear this. I can't wait. The terror-stricken girls rushed to her side, but Mitchell dashed forward and struck Gilbert's arm as he was preparing to fire a third shot. Good for this guy, Mitchell William Mitchell. The friggin' Miss Morse's new new bow. He's awesome. Fentress and Letznitzer sprang to Mitchell's aid, but Gilbert evaded them and tossed the smoking revolver over the rail into the river. Yeah. They're going to find it, asshole. They saw you throw it in. They're going to get it. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. When the young men seized him the second time, he made no attempt to get away, and a crowd of men and boys who had been standing at the other end of the bridge and had heard the shots ran up and seized Gilbert, while the three young men picked up Miss Morse and carried her to the toll house, where she was made as comfortable as possible, awaiting the arrival of Dr. Spate and Talis Farrow, who were summoned by telephone. This is 1908 as well. Can you imagine? Well, but they were, they had, they also had money, right? They said, I mean, I don't know where they phoned from. No, I know, but this is still 1908. You know what I'm saying? Like the doctors have got to like get to wherever they are. Imagine they're at some farm on the other end of town. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, um, holy shit. It looked like uh, they were pretty uh, quick on their oh, toes. Oh, her friends are awesome. I mean, they're seriously no joke i gotta find out what happened to these friends and i will and i'll update everyone but i need to find out what happened to these people because they seem like really good friends i mean the uh, the girls are like trying to help her off the ground the guys are like wrestling him to the ground and then helping her to the toll house i, I can't even imagine seriously gilbert was calm and collected he asked somebody for a cigarette and puffed contentedly as the crowd jostled him towards the toll house hey you need a smoke what you know huh when they had reached the house, Gilbert was asked why he had done the shooting. Oh, well. Quote, I don't know, uh, said the young man at first, but later he admitted that jealousy had prompted the act and that he wanted to marry the girl. Nice fucking way of... Convincing Holy somebody. shit! He said that her family had caused her to reject him. Maybe because you're a piece of crap? Oh my God, Okay. Ten minutes after the shooting occurred, a patrol wagon bearing the doctors arrived, and a few minutes later, Mr. Thomas O'Morse, the father of the wounded girl, came. 
Then an affecting scene was enacted. Mr. Moore seemed about to break down when he learned the details, but he quickly recovered and demanded to see Gilbert. Quote, you coward, I'd like to get my hands on you, said Mr. Morse. Gilbert looked at the older man in the eye and smiled, uttering, muttering something unintelligible. Mm, a joker. I'll rip your fucking face off. <laughs> I swear to God, it would take half the fucking town to stop me. Oh, no, I'd, I'd be kicking and... and, and, and uh, uh, I'd be... I'd, you're smiling I'd, at me? I'm going to knock your fucking teeth I'm, into next what month. What is it? I'm going to... I'm going to take your heart out with a spoon. Yeah, with a rusty fucking spoon. Exactly. Carve it out. I'd go back to my house and find some... I, I'd get a gun. I'd, I'd find a way to kill you. It's, this guy is such a piece of shit. What was it? What was it? One of the, one of the movies I saw with Vin Diesel? What, what did he kill the guy? Oh, with a teacup. With a metal uh, teacup. Oh. <laughs> a metal teacup. I'll have to ask Dre. Oh, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Dre's my husband. I'll have to ask Dre what movie that is. I'm yeah, sure so it's, uh, it's the one where he has those funny-looking eyes. Oh, Riddick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he kills the guy in the prison with a metal teacup. A metal teacup. I forgot about that. i got to watch that again. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We're getting well, off track. Um, yes, we're, we're... Sorry. Um... Okay, so it says in the meantime, a crowd of about five hundred persons had congregated, and many of them, and many of them, more excitable men, attempted to push their way past the officers who guarded the toll house door. When the police came out with Gilbert handcuffed between them, there were threats on every side. Passing up the embankment to the street, the officers and prisoner were surrounded and hemmed in by the crowd, and several times the policemen had to use their clubs to force to force back the men. Can you imagine? I'm surprised that with that amount of people, that they didn't actually. Get him. See, and this is what I've noticed about the cases that I'm doing, like that I'm reading about back in the day, right? And like the mob mentality. Sometimes they do get in there and get them. It's all about who's going to have the most balls. This is really what it is in most cases. Who's going to have the biggest balls, right? And in, 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 in my eyes, it's not the balls. It's how fucking stupid are you going to be? Because you're actually going to confront the officers. And sometimes they get shot down, Right. And they're influencing people to possibly get shot down because they're trying to create the mob mentality. I understand why. I'd want to fucking lynch this guy too if I could get my hands on him. But, you know, sometimes it does happen. And I've seen it happen where they don't give a shit and they literally put guns to the cops' heads and are like, open the fucking doors and give give them to us or give them to us. And I'll do cases like that and you'll... It's, it's amazing because mob mentality... It's funny. My husband and I were talking about this not too long ago because he, he had mentioned, I don't remember what it was, but I was like, yeah, fuck him and kill him. And I don't remember what it was, but it was something horrible. And he was like, no, but you see, that's a mob mentality. And I'm like, no, this was horrible. This was awful. And he's like, you see, you're reading this stuff in the cases and you're like, oh my God, these townspeople, then they got to go back to their normal lives. And like, you know, but I guess it depends on how badly you're affected by it. I mean, this guy's father, uh, this girl's father, I can understand why he wants to absolutely fucking kill. I, it's his only daughter. Uh, what what surprises me a lot of times is when you see, um, because I enjoy watching in Investigation Discovery. I love watching all those. Oh, yeah, we watch all those. Forens forensic files and all those things. And um, Tell us what you watch, people, talking murder with my mother at gmail.com. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, and... Uh, I'm I'm surprised that you know that not that many people take justice into their own hands. Like it's 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 surprising to me because I know 
that I would be boiling over, that I would rather go to prison than allow somebody to do that to, um, you know, my child. Or yeah, we're aggressive. Different. We're aggressive yeah, people. Yeah, we're, we're slightly, uh, we're, we're slightly Latinas. I'm, <laughs> I'm a million times more aggressive than my mother. My mother is mis calm compared to myself in most situations. But my husband has told me on multiple occasions that if God forbid anyone ever, and we don't have kids, but if anybody ever adopted, abducted our kids, molested our kids, I would absolutely be in fucking jail because those people would be six feet under or in the Everglades. I live in Florida. Yeah. In the Everglades, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, get them in there. Gators will take care of them. Um, Gator food. If anybody did anything to my mother, my family members, anybody, oh, my friends, I would I would absolutely find you. Hundred and I always say, this is going to come back to bite me in the ass one day when something happens, God forbid, to somebody I care about. But uh, revenge is sometimes a dish best served cold. So sometimes you, you, you just got to wait for the perfect opportunity. You see, I'm such a sick fuck sometimes when I say these things. But imagine somebody did something like this to your only daughter or your daughter or anybody in your family that you love. We're, we're a different kind of breed, ma. I, you know, well, some people don't aren't for revenge. You know, they're more forgiveness and uh, yeah. And and look, if you if you can have that inner strength to turn the other cheek, turn the other cheek. Uh, you know, I say, you know, if if and and they they keep saying that. You know, if if you don't forgive, then the only one that's going to eat themselves up inside is you. Um, I'm afraid I'm, I'm not of that, um, thought process. I, I don't know that I would be able to forgive anyone that kind of thing. Um, no. And yes, uh, revenge is definitely served on a cold platter. That's for sure. I'm, uh, I'm not of that mold either. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm an eye for an eye. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not out there, you know, beating the heck out of it. We're talking about our lives too, people. We're not talking about everybody else's lives. No, like to me, it's like, you know, I, I, I look, I'm, I'm thrilled that some people can, can turn the other cheek and can say, I forgive you. Even if, you know, they've done something horrific to your family. Members. Bless them. Uh, yeah. God Good bless, for you. God bless them. Better person know? than me, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Better person than me as well. But I think I'd be, feel pretty fucking good if I decimated the person that I don't know I think I'd feel pretty I'd feel better I don't know if I'd feel better uh you know I maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe I you know once it was done um I wouldn't feel better but I don't know at the time I guess it would be in the moment and just because I'm gonna continue to be a sick fuck for a second my prime torture method would be in my basement <laughs> you in, don't have a basement I do, I do back home I do back home in my basement, in, in, my, in Canada, in my basement, exacto knives, a thousand cuts, Bengay, and kosher salt. And give me three days. It's going to be so awesome. I will find out everything I need to know. It, uh, anyway, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm, we're getting off topic. It's going to go too long. Okay, so all these people want this guy, right? Okay, so that's the last of that article. Okay, so now little bits and pieces. Okay, so she died. She's, uh, so now he's got the hearing, okay? He's got the hearing coming up because now he's been charged with murder. So, coroner, uh, and it's, it's, I spelled K-I-G-H-T, so I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Kite? I, uh, announced the inquest and investigation for noon tomorrow. The police court hearing was set for Tuesday. A brother of the dead girl, because she's the only daughter. Uh, that's why the dad's freaking out. 
A brother of the dead girl attempted to get to the prisoner late this afternoon, but was recognized and turned down. This family's trying to get this motherfucker. It is believed that the young man intended to kill Gilbert. Yeah, no duh. No, he was just there to bring him candy and flowers. And Jesus, Lord. A fruit basket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His victim hovering between life and death at St. Vincent's Hospital. She died. So at that point, she had not died. Obviously, no. Obviously, according to this. No. Uh... Yeah, well, in they were talking about before. Bail was refused. The bullets firing into into her abdomen and the kidney, right? That's what killed her. Young Gil are you ready for this? This is this is amazing. Young Gilbert was sullen and and again, carved, that's how they have it written, carved when arraigned in court. His father was present, heartbroken over the plight of his son. Okay, I'll give that to the father. You're upset that your son is in jail? Okay, fine. You know what your son did at this point, though, right? The boy seemed indifferent, but finally talked as if there were details leading up to the tragedy that had not been made public. But on the advice of the attorneys, he would not talk to the newspaper men. Smart move on the part of the attorneys. He asked his father for cigarettes. This guy with the cigarettes. He asked his father for cigarettes, showing that the confinement without these had been hard on him. Oh, I'm going to get my violin. Gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh my god, okay. I'm taking out a little one right now. I don't believe it. His, uh, this is the best part. This is where, and I'm smoking a cigarette as I'm reading this, and I dropped it because I couldn't believe what I was reading. His father admits that he is addicted to the cigarette habit and that the young man himself believes that this is in part responsible for his rash act. And it will probably be the defense put up. Because he's a, he's an addict for c- cigarettes? Yeah. He's addicted to cigarettes? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to... And I'm that's, gonna... His, that's his defense? Yeah, yeah, let me, let, me, let me repeat it because I swear to God, I dropped my cigarette that I was smoking. His father admits that he is addicted to the cigarette habit and the young man himself believes that this is in part responsible for his rash act. And it will probably be the defense put up by his attorneys. Are you fucking kidding me? Again, this is 1908, everyone. So take it with a grain of salt. But... I mean, if he had been addicted to heroin... Right, right. Or cocaine... Right, or which was available. Or some hallucinogenic, I would say, okay, maybe um, he was in a fit of... But cigarettes? Nicotine. He's addicted to nicotine, and that's partly responsible for his murdering his sweetheart. Not his sweetheart, his ex-sweetheart, because she broke up with your stupid ass. Never his sweetheart. That is his defense, okay? A detail of the case brought out by Mr. Morse, the father of the girl, while talking at the courtroom today, indicates that the shooting was premeditated. Mr. Morse declares that his daughter told her mother that... that his daughter told her mother that he would kill her if he did not receive him back. Oh, okay. So the father is basically telling the court what the girl told her mother. He, that he, meaning Benjamin Gilbert, would kill her if she did not receive him back into her good graces and drop the other young man with whom she was keeping company, which is the guy who caught Gilbert. Last night, the mother told Mr. Morse and he left the house, spending a half hour trying to find young Gilbert with the hope, he declares, that a quiet talk with him would make an impression. Yeah, a quiet talk. Yeah, the father was going to 
smacked the shit out of that kid. Yeah. Uh, and that he would cease to annoy Miss Morris. The father failed to find the young man and had not been in the house 20 minutes when he was notified of the shooting. He didn't look in the right place. Mr. Morse declares that Gilbert had been refused the house owing to ugly reports about him, but that he continued to send letters to the young lady and to approach her on the way to and from her work. Oh, that's nice. She was working in 1908. That's nice. The girl herself, learning of his dissipation, had discarded him. Again, that discarded. I love it. Like garbage. Human garbage. And that he is believed to have added the fuel to the flame that caused the rash act. Okay, that, that is it. Her breaking up with him. Made him go nuts. Miss Morse was well-known and popular in Bramblewood Ward, and indignation was high last night. The firm stand of the police warning several young men that said that they would not only use their nightsticks, but pistols, basically, to create bodily harm after this guy's arrest. So people in the town are pissed. She was a nice girl, and... Didn't deserve. Did not deserve it at all. And she had found a nice young man, apparently, Mr. Mitchell... Appeared to be a nice young man. So, um, I don't really need to go into this little article, but basically now it's August of 1908, and it basically states in a nutshell, the case is continued on the motion. He sets forth in his argument that the sentiment is too strong against the prisoner to, to permit his obtaining an impartial trial at this time, and also that several of the witnesses for the defense are not now obtainable. What witnesses? So they want to they change venue? Yeah, they want to change venue. And what witnesses? Witness for the defense. What witness? There was no one there. No, I mean, maybe it's just character witnesses. It might not be witnesses. I to... guess. I mean, the only people that we know that were there were this, the group of six, his stupid ass, um, and the boys that were across the bridge, right? Yeah, that ran over. It might be, it might be uh, character witnesses, although obviously... It's going to be it's going to be about what they think he is because that's not what he was. Right. Exactly. So it says a change of venue may be later asked in the case. It is not yet known what line of defense will be adopted by the defense. So they still haven't figured it out. And this is August. This happened in July. Uh, it'll probably be an insanity coupled with something else. I love that insanity coupled with something else. You're gonna bring the cigarette bullshit. Are we gonna it? do the sanity clause again? Yeah. Exactly. These fucking idiots. So that's August fifth. So a couple days later. This is awesome. This is awesome. This guy's a true piece of shit. On August 7th, it says prisoner takes poison. Swallows lie to escape the murder trial. But his life is saved. Haha, ha, you dickhead. Too late. Lie. That's like the soap that I use. The lie soap that I use to wash clothes that have stains on yeah, them. Yeah, I can't imagine how powerful it must have been in 1908 when oh. it was like pure form. Well, I, I'm sure that was... Clearly poison. I, I'm sure that if uh, the stuff that I use, I'm sure that would kill you too if you took enough of it. So listen to this dickhead little blurb thing here. Rather than face a charge of murder, Benjamin Gilbert, who shot and killed Miss Amanda B. Morse 10 days ago on Compostela Bridge, attempted to commit suicide in his cell in the city jail by swallowing... By swallowing, Jesus Lord. <laughs> swallowing. Swallowing concentrated lie. Attendants discovered the would-be suicide before the effects of the draught became fatal. Physicians were summoned and the man's life was saved. The attempt of Gilbert to end his life was kept secret by the officials. His throat and mouth were burned by the powerful irritant. And while his suffering was said to be intense, he was getting along very well. Aw. E. Too bad. He has a bobo. Too bad his 
He has a bobo. Suffering was said to be intense, not intense enough. So, this piece of shit tries to kill himself because I can't, I can't deal with it. <laughs> Get out of here. You're bullshit. All right, so now we're skipping. Fast forward ahead to January 14th. Now we're in 1909. Okay. Gilbert to die on Wednesday. Man. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was quick. Yeah, I'm telling you. Swift justice back in the day, man. You got proof? Get rid of them. Don't keep them for years. You just kill them. So again, we are <laughs> pro when you have, and we're not talking about the people who were railroaded, made to confess, the mentally ill who were put in prison. Uh, none of that. None of those people. The people that you can 100 and positive pr prove with witnesses or they confessed it and they got blood all over them or what this dude okay they watched him throw the gun they all watched him shoot her and throw the gun into the river okay he's a piece of shit and it's just our opinion right mom yes just ours that we're okay with him frying right yeah or hanging or whatever i'm okay with this and again your guys' opinion is your opinion. Ours is ours. Nothing. We don't think you're wrong. You have the right to believe in the right to life for every human. That's, I understand. I can under, right? We can understand that concept. I, I, am, uh, I am of the opinion that I can understand anybody's point of view. I don't have to agree with it. Absolutely. That's all. That's right. So we can agree. Anybody agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree. Absolutely. But we want him to fry like a little piggy. Oh, yes. Yeah. A little bacon. All right. So. He is to die on Wednesday, this says, on January 14th. M man who murdered sweetheart to go to the electric chair. So, all right. So, again, it goes through the case a little bit, and then it says, the governor today announced that he had not the least idea of interfering in the verdict of the jury, declaring the crime to have been cowardly and brutal and without provocation, which it absolutely was. So he's going to old Sparky. Uh, this is not Florida, though. Never but mind. yes, he's going, to, he's he's going, going to, to a Sparky. A Sparky. That's right. So I don't know what the chair's called in Virginia. If you know, email us, talkingmurderwithmymother at gmail.com, because I really don't know. I didn't look it up. I should have looked that up. I know Sparky's here in Florida. Um, Gilbert is now in the penitentiary awaiting the infliction of the death penalty. His old mother came to Richmond several days ago and appealed to the governor for a commutation of the sentence for her boy. On the strength of the mother's appeal, the governor reviewed the case a second time. He is adhering to his position that the juries which try these cases are the best judges of the guilt or innocence of the accused, and that it is not his province, uh, province to set at naught the verdict of the court unless there are grave extenuating circumstances. Okay? Good for him. So, yeah. Good times. So, January 15th. This is the next day. This cocksucker. Respite for Gilbert. The governor gives the young murderer time to enter an appeal. Case may go to the Supreme Court. Now, alleged, but without a subs a substantiation, sorry, it's all blurred, that there might have been a secret marriage between the slayer and the slain. Garbage. What? No. No what? No, they weren't married? You don't think they were married? I don't think so. They were? No, no, you say they're not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, how would this have happened? She didn't want to have anything to do with them. Right. All right. So maybe they did. Okay. Well, look, maybe there's a little surprise in the box. A little jack. And yeah. And who knows? Comes out, who right? knows what's gonna come out? Because when I read that, I was like, oh, 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 okay. So I'm like, all right. I all wouldn't right. change the fact that he killed her, though. Okay. No. No. So 
again, they're talking about the respite, you know, the, 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 the respite that he's getting. Okay. So he says, oh, no, no, no. His attorneys, no, no, you don't understand. We were secretly married. Okay. So now attorney Coleman is now at work investigating this report. He does not know of the actual facts in the case, but he is bringing the information to the attention of the governor for the purpose of showing a reason for the crime on the part of the man. Okay, so... So now he's going to say that they were married and she had no right to be with another man, and so then he shot her. Still wouldn't... Still wouldn't... Justify the killing. No, absolutely right? not. Right? Well... I mean, they might not have given him the death penalty. Right. But he would go to jail. Right. So, within the next few days, it is his intention to go to the Supreme Court with a petition for a new trial, filing his grounds at length and asking for a delay while the record is being prepared. Mr. Coleman declared that the mind of Gilbert is such that should he be allowed to go to the chair, it will be equivalent to executing a child for a crime. So now, he's mentally handicapped, supposedly, according to... And I, I mean, we're not, we're not laughing at the mentally handicapped. We're laughing at the... The audacity of, of him to use that as of an excuse. The attorney to say all of a sudden, so this guy had the common fucking sense to date this girl, threaten this girl, uh, follow her, follow her, get a gun, hunt her down, shoot her in front of her friends. But now he's a child in his mind. His IQ is a shoe size. Get the fuck out of here with this shit. These. Man, these attorneys, man, even back in the day, they were little shysters. They were like little cockroaches. I swear. But it, the equivalent to executing a child for a crime? Are you kidding me right now? Well, they had to use some excuse, right? They have to find something. Yep, I, I guess. So after considering all the circumstances, the governor, late this afternoon, granted a respite to him until February 26th. Okay. So this piece of shit has a respite until February 26th. So now... I don't know what happened in February because the next one I found was in March. March 16th, 1909. Must go to the gallows. Fuck off. Too late for you. Virginia boy's last hope dashed by a court decision. March 16th, 1909. The last hope for Benjamin Gilbert. And here it says he's 18, but he's not. He's got to be approaching 21 at this point. Um, the boy convicted of the murder of his sweetheart, Amanda Moss, who jilted him, passed... His last hope passed when the Supreme Court of Virginia denied him a writ of error. Governor Swanson, who has granted Gilbert several respites, so I guess he's, you know, in the past month he's been getting, like, you know, delays, pending action by the Supreme Court, declines to interfere further, and without executive clemency, he must die Friday next. Governor Swanson some time ago refused to commute Gilbert's sentence to life imprisonment. And I can only assume it's also because this girl was so well-liked in town. That they put a lot of pressure on the governor and were like, you, you better not fuck around. So, March 19th, three days later, it says Benjamin Gilbert to die in an electric chair today. Hooray! Are we having a parade? I wish. Sorry about that. That's our neighbors. That's the neighbors. Ben Gilbert will die in the electric chair at the state penitentiary early this morning for murdering Miss, his former sweetheart. Every possible effort has been made to save the life of the condemned youth, his parents and counsel not giving up the fight until the very eve of the day set for the execution. I can't imagine this kid's parents. Oh, I have to sneeze. <coughs> Excuse me, everyone. Um, I mean, these guys, these, this guy's parents have to know that their son is a monster, right? I mean, I know it's still their son, but... Um, 
He I, shot a girl I, in front again, of again. Again, I don't know. I I don't know how one would feel. Um, to you know, love a child. I, I can and, understand and, fighting for him. I and and then you know, uh, not wanting him to go to the electric chair. But on the other side, you have to weigh the fact that what he did is is unforgivable. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, there were lots of people. It says the final plea to Governor Swanson to commute the sentence to life was made yesterday. Daniel Coleman, counsel for the boy, writing a final letter pleading for commutation of sentence and enclosing a petition for commutation, which bore the signatures of several thousand Norfolk people. So there were... Lots of people that didn't want him to die on the electric chair. They wanted to just commute it to life in prison. After carefully reading both the letter of the attorney and the petition, Governor Swanson announced that Gilbert must die. Thank you, Governor Swanson. This verdict was not unexpected. For time and again, the governor announced that he would not interfere because the murder was cold-blooded, brutal, and unprovoked. In his letter to the governor, Coleman said in part, okay, this is the letter he wrote to the governor. I write... I write to you again and ask that you reconsider your former action in refusing to commute the sentence in this case to life imprisonment. When you take into consideration the fact that Gilbert is only a boy, ignorant, tainted with hereditary insanity. Okay. Now it's hereditary insanity. Like now, okay. And I know that they used to do this too. When I look up cases and stuff, they talk about older family members being institutionalized or in asylums or whatever as excuses for someone committing a crime and that that being their insanity, okay? And we know mental illness runs sometimes in families. Right, depression, all that stuff, it, you know. Um but my god, it's like now we you, went from cigarettes one end one end of the spectrum like the pendulum has swung. Never heard about the cigarettes again. It it swung it swung one way and then all the way to yeah, the other side. It, it, it's, it's like ridiculous. This it's, lawyer's trying everything. Well, you know, it's, what is it that you throw pasta on the wall? Yes, yeah, maybe it something something will stick. Right? Yeah, exactly. So it says insanely in love with his victim, that it must be a case which would entitle him to some consideration at your hands. You killed. You loved her so much that you killed her. So now you should be allowed to live. <laughs> Right. Okay. The jury which found him guilty, again, this is the lawyer's letter to the judge on behalf of Benjamin Gilbert, the jury which found him guilty, having heard all the evidence by their verdict in recommending him to the mercy of the court, said that he was not a fit subject for capital punishment. The judge who tried this case told you that if it was in his power, he would commute the sentence to life imprisonment. I believe if you will commute the sentence of this poor, ignorant, degenerate, insane boy that it would be a deed that you would be thankful for in after years. That's a lot of adjectives. So now you're trying to guilt trip the governor. Okay. So. So now. At the trial, the defense sought to prove hereditary insanity. So now it's not the letter. Now it's just a little piece of the article. Following the trial, eight members of the jury signed a petition asking the governor to commute the sentence to life. The judge also submitted that recommendation. But again, the governor thinks that it's brutal, hooey. brutal, and undeserved, and he's not having it. So, it's a bunch of hooey. Governor Swanson announced early in January, which was, you know, now we're in, sorry, March. March 19th, in January, that if he would commute Gilbert's sentence, he would not allow another person to be electrocuted while he was governor of Virginia. 
So he was between a rock and a hard place. He put himself between a rock and a hard place because if he commuted his sentence, then he couldn't put anybody else in the chair. Right. So the appeal. Smart. Very. So the appeal to the governor having failed, Daniel Coleman took the case to the Supreme Court for a writ of error having, in the meantime, secured two respites for Gilbert from the governor. Okay. So the Supreme Court refused the writ of error, and now he's going to fry like a little piece of bacon. So March 20th. 1909, you're gonna die today. Gilbert dies in the electric chair, mother. Look at that headline, big and bold. Dies in the electric chair. Norfolk murderer is the first white man executed under the new method. He's the first to fry in the chair. Ever. Well, it says the first white man. White man. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah, I forget that I keep forgetting they differentiate them. I, yeah, it's it's disgusting. Uh, I keep forgetting that I have to remind myself that you know this country it at doesn't, one point. Yeah, it didn't. No, yeah, not at one point. I, even today, we won't we won't talk about you know the politics of what's going on today with that kind of stuff. But even back then, I mean, you literally could point at a at an innocent black man and say he did this and that was it. I mean, he was being strung up by you know uh, you, your family members most likely because they were going to go find other friends of theirs and string you up. Um, happens all the time and I got a bunch of cases like that. It's awful. So, Benjamin Gilbert, electrocuted in the death chair at the state penitentiary early yesterday morning, first white man to pay the penalty of his crime in the chair in this state. Execution was in every way successful and Gilbert, prior to the time that he went to meet his fate, said that he was resigned and willing that the law should take its course. So, he had spent much time during the last few weeks with his spiritual advisor. Oh, now he's religious. Oh, he found Jesus. The Reverend William E. Robertson of the Randolph Street Baptist Church. Reverend Stokes of Ebenezer Baptist Church, colored. You see how they have to fucking tell us that he's black? <laughs> well, I mean, we don't, we're don't. we not looking at pictures, so I guess... Who cares? I don't need to know. They're all reverends. I don't need to know. And Reverend Bird of the Colored Men's Christian Association. And what's funny is, in their visits... To four colored men confined in jest chambers in the penitentiary, having frequently talked with Gilbert, and it is said that he often asked to see them. So these reverends are all colored, and well, I don't know about the Reverend William E. Robertson, but it says the four colored, it says visits to the four colored men. These are colored black reverends. And he just happens to see them coming to visit other prisoners. So he's like, talk to them. So now he's like asking he's found to see Jesus. them. Yeah. So it's like, really? Soon after he was pronounced dead, Gilbert's body was taken in charge by Undertaker uh, Bliley, Billy, and accompanied by his brother. The remains were taken to the Bird Street station. They were shipped to Norfolk on the 9 o'clock train and arrived there at 11.45 o'clock. Oh, that's how they used to do that. This is funny too, guys, if you don't know this. The way that they used to write in the newspapers, it wasn't like n nine, you know, the two dots, zero, zero, and that was nine o'clock. They actually write nine o'clock. And when they write something like 1145, right, which would be either 1145 a.m. or p.m., they don't write that. They write 1145 o'clock. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed that before I, in any old... No. They... I. I listened to another podcast. Uh, it's called True Crime Historian. So if you guys like listening to old murders too like that, they he does that and that's great. Um, he does that. I noticed that on his podcast when he would be, you know, reading these old articles and stuff that he would say 
you know, like 12, 15 o'clock. And I'm like, what the hell is that 12, 15 o'clock? But then I realized when I started looking at the old researching for this podcast, but that's exactly, that's how, exactly they how they wrote. So I'm like, that is some funny shit because we do not write like that anymore. The funeral will take place tomorrow from his uh, former home. Remember when they used to do them at the house? At 51 Corpru Avenue. He requested that the 23rd Psalm and the 14th chapter of the Gospel of St. John be read at his services. In the week preceding the date of the execution, Gilbert received many presents from relatives and friends in Norfolk. Much literature was received, including copies of a New York pink sheet. I don't know what that is. A New York pink sheet. Um, if anybody knows, please email us. Uh, which the authorities refused to give the condemned man. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Gilbert was a quiet prisoner and by his actions won the respect of his keepers, some of whom spoke of him in kind terms. Must be, must be nice. Well, at that point, he, it was a done deal, so, yeah. He was nice to the guards. So, he's dead. Good. So, I have this one extra little bit that I found because I think this is awesome. And I know, guys, that you guys that n normally would listen, you know that... I have a degree as a funeral director, so I thought that this was fucking awesome. After Gilbert's execution, the Norfolk Ledger Dispatch reported on an effort to revive him. This is awesome. Dr. J.P. Jackson of South Norfolk wanted to revive Gilbert with a respirator, an invention that he claimed could restore life if used immediately after death in cases of electrocution and asphyxiation. The 19th of, the 19th of March, 1909 front page article stated, Quote, Dr. Jackson has anxiously awaited the opportunity to test the machine, and it was believed that he would make the experiment with Gilbert's body. The idea was abandoned last night, though, because of the time that would have elapsed between the death and the hour of arrival in Norfolk. Dr. Jackson said this morning that if he could have had the respirator in Richmond and been able to use it immediately after life had been pronounced extinct, that he would have made the test, but that such a step would be useless where death had ensued for three or four hours before. The Norfolk Ledger Dispatch noted that even if Jackson had been in Richmond, he probably would not have uh, he would not have been able to use his machine. The newspaper also pointed out the futility of such an experiment, even if it did succeed. Quote, while the law stipulates that the body of the person electrocuted shall be turned over to the family of the deceased immediately after he is pronounced dead, as it is thought that an attempt to bring the body back to life would not be allowed, and that even should such an attempt prove successful, the person would have to be resentenced and re-electrocuted. <laughs> and I'm thinking, fuck! This guy, if he only could have succeeded with his shit machine! Okay, so he was buried in Cedar Grove Cemetery in Norfolk on the 21st of March, 1909. And then I find this little blurb that says... Uh, oh, and here, Mom, that's what Benjamin Gilbert looks like. And I, I have a little... I keep, I, I, keep, I keep, every time you say his name, I want to say Gilbert Gray. It's hilarious. So it says here, there's a little blurb that says, G Governor Swanson considered the petition for commutation, but then announced that if he commuted Gilbert's sentence, he, quote, could not allow another person to be electrocuted while I am the governor of Virginia, which is what we talked about before. He really did put himself in a rock and a hard place. And, but... He, from the beginning, the governor said that it was brutal and heinous and he didn't... He wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't having it. He so wasn't budging. He wasn't having it. So what's crazy to me is that when the judge actually sentenced him to death, his reply... Hi. Such a piece of crap. His reply was, and quote, unquote, it suits me. Well. It suits me. So there you go. 
There's a better picture of Mr. Gilbert. And the last little piece that I have is from March 26th, which he's, is... He's actually not bad looking. No, he's not. He's got a dimple in his chin. You know, not a bad looking dude. He doesn't, he doesn't look like, you know, this gruesome... And again, he doesn't look like the monster that we all that he, that we want all know, and hope I, that they look like. Because yeah. some of them look like, yeah, yeah. That we always want them to look like we we imagine, and it's never so. So now I feel bad. This is the last the last little piece. It says, "Dying pray, dying praying for mother, praying for the welfare of his aged mother in Norfolk, who had spent her all, even to the extent of mortgaging her household effects." In an effort to save his life, Benjamin Gilbert was put to death in the electric chair. Well, that's a mother. She literally just... She's a mother. I know. I, it doesn't... I feel so awful for doesn't her. Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't... doesn't. You know. I feel awful for Mr. Morse, the Morse family, and them losing, you know, Amanda, but... When these things happen, you know, we always think, of course, the, the victim's family, but... You know, we we should think that it's the same thing for you know, the 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 guilty party's family. I yeah, because they don't know they're not they guilty. Have, well, well, unless they're part of the crime, which in this case it's not. Well, they're just innocent bystanders in the crime of their son, and it's like. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, we have to we have to think that, uh, you know, his family, his his mother. I mean, it's still her son, as as vile as 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 the act was. It's still her son. And until that moment, until he committed that crime, that was her son. That was her baby. Um, I mean, even after he committed the crime, she did everything to try and get him out of jail. Well, try and get him not to die, try to get him out of jail. I mean, in the end, he is a piece of shit. He did not have to do what he did. Yeah, but uh, his mom is not the... Uh, no. Where our anger should be. Oh, I'm not angry at her. I feel horrible for her. I feel awful that she literally not only mortgaged everything she owned, but, like, her household effects. Like, that's... that Guys, that's, like, the couches and stuff. That's, like, the shit in your house. Like... Your jewelry, your... your... She hawked everything. Like, what... I mean, that's awful. Like, I hope she... I, I'll try and figure out what happened to her. I hope she didn't, like, die, you know, poor on the street. But... So that's the crazy case of Benjamin Gilbert from Virginia, the first white man to die in the chair and fry, like, a little piece of bacon uh, for a crime. And he deserved it. Uh, poor Miss Amanda Morse. She never got a chance to have a life with, you know, William Mitchell. And again, I'll try and figure out what happened to everybody who tried to help her and her friends and what happened to his family. Um, cause he had a brother and, and his parents, but yeah, so that's the story. We hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great one. Say bye, Ma. Bye.